All right, podcast number three. What uh, what is this week? Fucking seven, something like that. Uh, okay, well, my guest this time is Tyler. Uh, Tyler, a very controversial person in the league. Tyler's someone who was in the dumpster last year in the basement with Teddy by choice. You know, he probably wouldn't have been. And up at the up in the top with me and Billy this year. So Tyler, floor is yours. Introduce yourself. Tell everyone in the league a little bit about yourself. I appreciate you having me, James. I wouldn't say I'm controversial, but I do appreciate that as well. Uh, my name is Tyler. I, I met James through Vatic. I tricked him into hiring me when I was in college. I told him I was a hard worker and very diligent. We ended up bonding over fantasy football. We would spend our weekly one-on-ones pretty much an hour and a half talking about fantasy football trades. And that's how I ended up <laughs> getting the spot in the league. What was the guy's name before me? Uh, who did you Matt or something, over? right? Oh, yeah. I never. I didn't even know that guy. That was one of Sam's friends. That's why I'll never let Sam invite someone else to the league again. Yeah, and one, is done, one year, you get right? one recommendation. You're bringing in Matt Biddy. Get out of here. <laughs> I guess I could start by just going over some of the things Jonathan mentioned before we kind of dive into. Well, really what about what the things Billy wanted about. to know about everyone? You want us to kick those off first? Yeah, let's round. do it. Let's, hear, let's hear about Billy. Job, favorite food, 40-time favorite porn site. Those are the Billy questions. All right. First one was job. Uh, I sell cybersecurity into enterprise organizations. I don't want to talk too much about it in case yeah, this podcast don't goes anywhere else. That. Done. All right. Next yeah. one. What was the next one? Favorite food. Favorite food. I mean, probably probably a steak. All something right. 40 like time. You don't need to elaborate. Probably like a four, two, four, two and a half, something like that. <laughs> Rugs ask. <laughs> All right, as long as you don't drive like rugs. Well, it's, <laughs> it's certainly faster than James. That's what I know. I made a list. I sent it to everyone in the league except you, James. They've been looking at it. It's really good. Wait, is there really a group me without me? Yeah. Oh, of course there is. I want to yeah. see I want to see the list. No, because you said you said I think your words were he's being a little bitch. So now oh, I stand by that. I stand by that. We're gonna the, we're gonna have to have like heats or something. Andrew was calling me out, he wants to race. Yeah. And, and Sam's I, champion was Keenan, and he's, you know, he's been eerily quiet. I think a 500-yard dash race would be awesome to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all drink afterwards. Last place punishment. It's a, it's a uh, Ricky Bobby league. If you're not first, you're last. The yeah. winner doesn't have to race. The other 11 have to race each other. I think that's fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, Billy's last question. Favorite porn site. Sam went it's with a Pornhub. last time. I'm, it's pretty normy, but Pornhub's the best one. I mean, I feel like that's got to be 10 out of 12 people. That's going to be the answer. Tennis will probably one. say something weird like feet.com, but like, you know, everyone else. <laughs> but, uh, but all right. Now, Griffey's questions. Want to know overall thoughts on tanking? We're going to talk about tanking later. So let's mm-hmm. skip that one. Clearly, one of the favorites for manager of the year. Advice for those at the bottom? Well, you just said it a second ago. I think we could save that for the later conversation as well. Of course, your advice is going to be tanking. Oh, has become a fan favorite because of his David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath story. Fan favorite for who? Get the fuck out of here. Does he think he has what it takes to maintain his success? How will he avoid slipping back into mediocrity? I think that's up to you, James. If you decide that my team needs to be worse, I'm sure you will do something to make that happen. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to keep trying my best. All right. Fair enough. Hard work, I guess. Uh, that's why I hired you at Vatic once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> What's a rule change you'd like to see? 
I think that's something we could talk about a little bit later as well. I want to talk about ideal lineup points. Well, we definitely will talk about that. If that <laughs> and any other rule changes, the big ones stick out? That's the one. That's it. Uh, views on how the veto should and shouldn't be used. We're going to talk about trades later. You want to save that one too? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Uh, man, we should have just read these beforehand instead of yeah. once we had record. Now let's <laughs> do it on the them. podcast. Um, who in the league is your underdog pick this year? Who do you think – who do you think will have the best team in five years? I think Griffey's team's really good for long-term success. I think his receivers are nuts, and I think he's a good owner. So I think his team is one that I don't think gets enough credit, but I mean, could be really good. You, me, time. Billy, and Griffey, don't we all have the same record? We're all six and two, I believe. Yeah, but I don't know if you're going to be six and two for long, James. you got a big matchup this week. Well, we'll get into that We can talk about too. that later, too. <laughs> Uh, will you boycott trading with our corrupt commissioner? I already have. I've made it very clear stance. I'm with Billy on this one. All right. That's no more fair. trades with James. <laughs> okay. Well, then getting into it, we got your intro. Let's recap the games. We'll just do that real quick because everyone kind of know what happened. Um, let's see. Week eight. Um, I beat... David, 155 to 129. That was a, a shootout. Wow, looks like all the games for the most part were pretty high scoring. So, you know, Kenny. Yeah, it was uh, a good week. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good week. David, with that one, his playoff hopes kind of went away. You had Teddy. Teddy put up 123, which is real high for Teddy. That's about what he put up when he beat me. I think it was 126 or something when he beat mm-hmm. me. But you had another uh, really good week. You were our high-scoring team with 181. With Sam one versus Griffey. Actually, I'm going to talk to that one last. Uh, Andrew against uh, Ben. Ben, 119. Pretty high for a team that's traded away all his assets. And I was Andrew, surprised. 146. Andrew, 4-4, four and four, which is crazy. And he's in the position for the number two pick. And roster on mm-hmm. paper, like he's got two – he's got three studs. Lamar Jackson, Hopkins, and Saquon, but the rest of the team – uh, Billy lost to Keenan. That was the best game. I mean, 155, 149. Yep. Um, that, yeah, that one was uh, really high scoring, really close. But, um, but ultimately, Keenan kept his playoff hopes alive. I mean, he needed that win or else it would have definitely been an uphill battle. It was um, a massive win. Yeah. Kevin beat Kenny, but I feel like everyone's going to beat Kenny except me this year. That's going to be his lone <laughs> win. I think he's going to finish with only one. Uh, Kenny has not put up over 100 except for basically the game he played me. It's Has he not? I don't. I, I mean, I'm just looking. I can go back and look, but it's it's pretty abysmal here what, how, what Kenny's doing. Uh, but Kevin, yeah, 133 is not terrible. I mean, it's, I mean, it's about how much Griffey put up in his win over Sam which that was our yep. game of the week last week. And if you look at it, he won by less than four points. Now, if you remember on the podcast last week, one thing I said was in this game of the week, with literally talking to Sam, I said, you, one of you guys needs to pick up a head coach because in a close <laughs> game, that's important. A head coach is what matters. Griffey picks up a head coach. Sam does not. Griffey's head coach gets him four points, and he wins by less than four points. Whoa, so, I didn't even notice that. Fucking Nostradamus on this side of the, our conversation right now. <laughs> and Sam, you're an idiot. Take my advice, because that you were in the driver's seat for the playoffs if you won that one, and you lost because Griffey took my advice and you didn't. So um, so that's my quick recap. Anything you want to say about it before we get forward-looking? 
I think it might add some clarity to Sam, whether he wants to go all in or start selling. I think he's kind of stuck in a weird middle ground. And I don't know. The thing with that, you don't have to, uh, like, if you're out for this year, you don't have to sell everyone off. You don't, like, Sam has some guys who are going to be good for a while. Like, okay, who, who would he sell if this year is written off, but he wants to compete next year? No one. Everyone on his team who would be good, you know, who's good this year, well, also should be good next year. Sure, in theory. But do you think that one draft could make the difference between being a middle-of-the-road team with the guys that he has now and then being in that top echelon of teams? Well, Sam, probably not. Especially he doesn't have a draft pick. He has a third. That's it. For oh, you're right. He years, I believe. I think he only has thirds because he's so – he a, traded a first for Derek Carr, which was pretty – Eh, not I, not thrilled about that one. Um, no. His other first, he got Debo Samuel out of, which that you know that is a good move. Fantastic I would have done that move. same trade if I could have got Debo. Absolutely, it worked out perfect for him. He's got, I mean, his wide receivers are stacked. He's got a ton of receiver assets. He could use another running back. I mean, Swift is a stud, but Swift is hurt every year. He's yet to mm-hmm. play a full season since. And then Pollard is his second best running back. Who killed it this week? You're the Pollard expert here. You're a Cowboys fan. So uh, is Pollard going to be the guy? Is he legit? Pollard is legit. Pollard is a star, but he will never get the workload that fantasy managers want to be that consistent RB1. As long as Zeke is alive and breathing, he will be taking carries away from Pollard, as we've talked about for four years now. They're, they're about the same age too, aren't they, Pollard and Zeke? Both I think Pollard's like a little bit younger. 26 or something like that. Is Pollard that old now? I lose track of it because we've had it. I think this is his last year on his rookie deal, and then he's due for a contract, which should be interesting too because someone could throw a bag at him and he ends up getting a starter role somewhere else. Yeah, Zeke's 27, Pollard's 25. Um, birthday here. Yeah, he'll turn 26 in the offseason. So, um, <laughs> Running backs are weird, man, because you look at Zeke and you look at Pollard and you would say there's no chance those guys are anywhere near the same age. But – Honestly, 25 versus 27 is like a big difference in running backs when your career is five years. Uh, it's yep. the anomalies here. You got like Derrick Henry's about to turn 29, and he's still probably the best running back in the NFL. Texans owner. Um, but like, I don't know. It, running back's age is, is just a weird thing. Um, it's hard to predict. But okay. So we've got the recap. I figured we'd talk just a little more recap about some of the recent trades. Get your thought on that, and then we'll go into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, which is going to be about tanking and ideal lineup points, because those are the things I know you have strong opinions on. Yes. Um, So let's look back at some of the trades. I'll just go most recent to oldest. Our last trade was two days ago, and I know you got strong opinions on this one too. Ben got Teddy's 2023 first, Teddy's 2023 second, Billy's 2023 second and Teddy's 2024 second. So uh, early to mid first an early to mid second, a late second and a future second. Teddy got Najee, Billy's first, which is a late first, Jonathan's third and Ben's third. So I know that you might need to visualize it. I'm pulling it up now as you're talking about it. Uh, but, but yeah, basically for Najee, uh, to get rid of Najee, Ben moved up his first round pick from the last, arguably projected the last pick of the first round to like the fifth, um, moved up 
two thirds into a mid and late, a mid and late second, and then got a future second in the process. What do you think on that? Give me your thoughts first. I want to hear what you think about it. Before I think I go Ben won. It. I think Ben won yeah. the trade. Najee has not been good this year. And I mean, Teddy, Teddy's in that weird purgatory spot too, and that he is in that lower tier of teams, but he's at the very top of that lower tier of teams. Mm-hmm. So Teddy's not going to be, even though he's better in his record shows. He, if you look on paper, roster versus roster, you know, Teddy versus Kenny, Teddy versus Ben, it's no comparison. Teddy's team is way better on paper. Um, so Teddy isn't going to be the number one pick. So I get him wanting to shake things up because he's bitter about having the fifth pick or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's an overpay. I think uh, I think Ben got a haul, especially for what Ben's trying to do. Ben realizes, and he and I talked about it, that his window isn't next year. It's not this year. It's not next year. It might. It's probably not even the year after that. It's probably the year mm-hmm. after that. So Najee running backs are good for four or five years, like in general, you know, mm-hmm. if we look at the top running backs from five years ago, I mean, the top running backs, let's see, of like 2018 or something, we're talking, uh, we're talking Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, guys like that. Yep. I mean, some are still there, but for the most part, it's, so I am, I think Ben made a great trade. I give him an A, the hard A on that trade and Teddy, uh, I, I'm not excited about it for Teddy. I, I want to start off by saying that I do love my lawyer, Teddy Zulu. I think he's fantastic. I think <laughs> the trade was agreed and overpaid. I think I texted you and I said my opinion was that he got fleeced on that deal because I personally don't have a lot of faith in Najee. I don't think that offense is going to get much better in the next year or two. I'm not sure if I really believe in Pickett either. Um, and to move down from – what the middle point of the first round to the end of the first round, giving up additional second round picks for thirds that I mean, nine times out of 10 are nothing. Thirds are almost valueless. I don't know. I just think it's a lot to pay for Najee. I feel like he could have got more with those picks. That would, that would be my yeah. main gripe with 100% it. hundred percent agree. Um, and just, you say thirds are val- valueless pretty much. So I'm just curious so looking back at the cup, past couple of drafts, I look at the Google sheet. I just want to see some of the studs that we've gotten in the third. Um, I mean, no one so far from this year has turned out great yet, but it's still too early to tell. Last year we had Pat Fryermuth, you took, which mm-hmm. was a, a stud in the third. Andrew got Davis Mills, starting quarterback. Kevin got Khalil Herbert. Uh, 2020, we had Chase Claypool and Antonio Gibson weren't bad. Uh, 2019, Alexander Madison, Ben took, uh, probably about Damian Harris. There's like a handful, one or two a year. It looks like year before that Dallas Goddard before, and, uh, before that David Njoku, James Conner, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Holy shit. Yeah. That's the best um, one. Yeah. Before that Austin Hooper had a good year before that Tyler Lockett, you know, Ty Montgomery, I think had a good year or two way back in the day. So thirds, your your hit rate's pretty low second it's actually fairly high first is is pretty high too so yeah i don't i don't get it for teddy i mean i get he wants to shake things up but i think he he, uh should have gotten a little better return 
and I'm not certain of Teddy's draft history, but if he's confident in his ability to get guys, then stockpiling picks and getting additional darts to throw at the board, it only helps. Well, that's what Teddy had done the last couple of years. I mean, like he had a ton of second round picks, like multiple years. Look at 2020. He had four picks. He took AJ Dillon, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, and Brian Edwards. Um, yep. You know, it like, Teddy's stockpiled picks before, but it just hasn't worked for him. I don't know if he's just not patient with the guys or. Yeah, that's a tough draft for him, too, because right before that round of players went, it went uh, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins right before as he picked those next. And the pick before Jefferson was Jalen Hurts, too. (laughs) It's just a brutal turn of the draw on that one. Uh, Okay, so the, the trade before is another lot of moving parts in it, equally complicated. Also involving Ben. A couple days before that, Ben um, received the uh, Chargers defense at uh, two seconds, uh, which is a 2023rd second, which would be the better of Jonathan Keenan's because Jonathan had the right to swap. A 20, Jonathan's 2024 second and Jonathan's 2023 third. Now, Jonathan got Daryl Henderson, Adam Thielen, Zeke Elliott, Eagles defense, and David's third. A lot of players. Um, and he got a lot of players and got to improve his position in the third round. And what he gave up was improve his position in the third round, improve the defense he had, plus two running backs and receiver. And what he had to give up for that is basically two seconds. So what Mm -hmm. do you think about that one? I think it was very funny how there was a whole ordeal about the trade after it happened. And then the resolution was basically sending the same trade to us and saying, okay, it's fixed now. (laughs) I I genuinely, I had to, I had to look at it multiple times to try to find the difference in the deal. I think it was just a third round pick, right. An additional third. Uh So, I mean, ultimately nothing. Um, I think, I think Jonathan wins that deal. I think especially with Jamar Chase going down, he needed guys to put up points, get depth while he waits for that star to come back. But uh, my favorite part of the trade was just the group me afterwards. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and, the, and I was actually uh, drinking with Kenny and my brother. We met at Taco Mac for lunch that day. And so we were having a, having a beer, laughing about it as well, about the group me. But, uh, but I agree. Jonathan needed to make that move or needed to make some move. Even before Jamar Chase went down, I felt like he needed another running back. Um, that's why I had texted him. I've got six starting running backs. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have six. Their, their value is not going to last forever. So I needed to move one. Jonathan just isn't the most responsive person. I'm calling you out Griffey. Cause Ben, uh, was saying the same thing. He's like, dude, I've been trying messaging Jonathan all year. He never responds to me. I don't know if everyone has that problem, but yeah, you're not the most responsive guy in the league. I know you got a lot going on with your, uh, your wife being pregnant and all. So I get it, but step, step your shit up. But uh, <laughs> that I think Sam fits in that category as well. I've we're going to call people out. I'd like to call out Sam Pensick, uh, fairly unresponsive. Sam, maybe he's just more responsive to me. Actually, no, he's not very responsive. I, I was texting him last week as about this one deal, and I'm sending him a yeah. cut. It's like, okay, we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Just yeah. let me know. Just tell me no. That's it. If yeah. you say no, then I'll drop it. Yeah, I've started a lot of conversations with him over the past couple of months. None of them have really gone anywhere. Sam, I'm still open to talking to you. I'm sorry to put you on blast, but please hit me back up. You're not sorry to put him on blast. Put him on blast. People that don't <laughs> respond deserve to get called out on this podcast. Um, Did you notice, James, on the last podcast when you were talking to him about trades, he whispered under his breath. He said, sorry, Tyler. Did you notice that in the last <laughs> one? I, 
I I don't believe he had enough beers to actually do that. I think he was only four <laughs> or five beers deep. So, uh, but yeah, in the in that trade, uh, Griffey won it. I mean, but I get in this one more than the last one where Ben's coming from. Like he's been trying to move Henderson, Thielen, and Zeke for so long. Yep. Now Henderson, he could have kept. I mean, Acres is not the guy there, you know. So Henderson, yeah. Probably going to be a starting running back next year, you know, unless you, you never know with the draft. Zeke, I mean, you're our Zeke guy, and you were saying that Zeke's always going to get work as long as he's in the NFL. But Thielen yep. is Thielen's old. Like, th- those are guys you would want to move. I just think Ben probably could have got a little more um, mm-hmm. for it and should have got a little more. Could have been patient. Now, of course, as everyone knows, I'm not mad about it because it helps my ideal lineup points because uh, I have his, his rookie pick this year. But, um, but overall, in a vacuum, taking me out of it, I think Jonathan won the trade. How could we take you out of it if you are Ben? <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> uh, on the same day, just a little bit before that, you made a trade where you got Kirk Cousins, Teddy got Pat Fryermuth, and two-thirds. You want to tell What'd us you think? thoughts? Bo- oh, well, I think I think of all the trades we're going to discuss, this was the most lopsided that you that Teddy got ripped off. That's interesting. I Kirk don't Cousins feel that is way. the number is the number 12, 13 quarterback right now. He's not old by any means of it, uh, but and he uh, he's worth more than a young upside tight end, which is the most least valuable position in the league. And two thirds that you were just saying are worthless. And they're not even good thirds. They're your third and my third. They're late thirds. <laughs> Allow me to defend the trade real quick. First of all, Teddy is a fantastic man. We've worked together on several deals. I have a lot of respect for him. I think, one, I don't know what Kirk Cousins' window looks like past this year. I know he has one more year left on his deal, but then they have an out. And they've already kind of shown over the past years of having him. They don't really love having him. They'd like to have somebody else. They tried to draft Mond. Didn't work out. So they still have Kirk. I don't know what his long-term value is. To me, it's a one- or two-year quarterback where I need insurance as a third quarterback. I have Goff. I have um, Herbert. But if I get to the playoffs and one of those guys goes down, I'm out of luck. So I knew I had to make a move. He knows that Friar Muth is one of the highest upside dynasty tight ends there is. And, um, yeah, to me, thirds are not very valuable, especially because my roster has gotten a lot more cluttered as the teams improve. But for someone who's trying to get young talent on the team, I think having – I said it earlier, but having those dart throws can only help. Well, Teddy clearly likes thirds now that in two of the three <laughs> trades we talked about it, he accumulated four of them. So He's going to dominate the draft. <laughs> Hopefully he gets four Cooper Cups. We're rooting for you, Teddy. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, Kirk Cousins is worth more than that. Like, I, I don't – I don't know what else to say. I mean, you think, okay, even if his time – his days are numbered in Minnesota – Kirk Cousins is going to be starting quarterback somewhere after that. Do you think that Tom Brady and Miles Sanders were worth more than a third or two thirds? I think I I actually looked back at (laughs) all of the trades from this year uh, and there's been 25 of them. And I was texting with this in the group text and I tried to best I could make most of them were even a a vast majority. I thought were you know, you could make an argument here there, but pretty fair. And I made a list of a handful that are like these ones, I'm trying to rank the worst trades of the year. Mm. And both those two were on, were near the top. That's nice. I was going to say, because I don't know, you must be a gaslighting professional, but to be able to convince someone that Jordan love has any value is (laughs) an incredible feat. 
You even I asked you to tell me on them in text message, and I couldn't believe some of the stuff you were saying. It was incredible. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying, but that was the, <laughs> that, I mean, if you want to go way back for that one, Jordan Love. I mean, he potential he has the potential to be a starting quarterback next year beyond more than just your average just backup. They they've had their chances to move them the last two off season. There's been all these talk about is Jordan Love going to get traded and stuff, and they've held on to them. And Aaron Rodgers isn't putting up the numbers he used to be. Why Whether do you it's think in that Green is? Bay or elsewhere, someone's got some belief in Jordan Love, and he could. Why do you think they haven't moved Jordan Love? Is it because of his talent, or is it because every time he's played, he's looked awful? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think is the reason they haven't I, moved? I think Jordan Love is definitely worth being on a dynasty roster when it's a such a QB valuable league we're in, and rosters are that big. Um, I think Jordan Love is worth sitting on a bench betting on. And Ben is trying to move Tom Brady here. This is pre-divorce Tom Brady, where every indication was it's going to be his last year. And uh, and Ben, this is at the start of the rebuild. That, Tom Brady was the, the obvious first guy for him to sell. And as Andrew said, if I'm the only one reaching out, like, yeah, that means you don't have to force a deal if no one, but like, if you, Ben kind of had to move Tom Brady, you know. And he had to package Miles Sanders with him just to get a third back. I mean, it was Miles it must Sanders have been really hard been, to move him. Miles Sanders has just been moving all over the place. But I've I've had him and traded him multiple times this year. And I actually <laughs> actively was shopping him this past week. Really? I mean, with the emergence of Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders is never going to play for me. He's my sixth running back now, but he would start on most of the teams in our league. And it was Irv Smith too, right? I don't want to harp on this too long, but yeah, it was Irv Smith, Smith was a tight end. Bucks defense and some third, a pair of thirds. Put that David's third. Top. We're not talking though James and Tyler's third. We're talking David's <laughs> third. We're talking projected top top tier third. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but those were the only trades trades from the last week. So if there's unless there's any other you want to talk about, um, we can get this thing awesome. rolling a little more. Um, okay, so we've done intro recap trades. Now the things that we actually want to talk about the most. Tanking or ideal lineup points? Take your pick. Where are we going with this? Let's go tanking. Okay. Because I think they go hand in hand. The floor is yours. My stance is as simple as I pay the same amount to owe my team as everyone else in this league. I should not have other owners decide how I am able to run my team. If I decide that I want to donate my $50 year after year in the attempts to try to improve my roster – I should be able to do that. A lot of the reasoning that I've heard on the other podcasts, and I have some quotes here that I could bring up and maybe we could talk about. I love They the come from a here. selfish position where it benefits <laughs> more so the top teams. So, for example, let me look here. I have it on this list. Um, the first one was that you don't want people to pull a Tyler or Billy was what you said on the podcast. I stand you don't by want them. I'll say it again. You don't want them to tank and then become really good teams. Why would that be? Because you don't want that high-end competition. You want to continue to be able to trade with people, take advantage of them that way, and keep the teams that are stuck in the middle in the middle. And I think that could come from a selfish position. I don't think that's fair. I think the worst teams should have the best chance to improve. I think you're screwing over the bottom teams by being a, you had a good team last year. You were probably in the top, you were probably in the top 
third of teams roster wise. You want me to read out my finishes by year before I took over the team and how I good mean, those rosters you, were? You had uh, you had some talent, but I, I'm saying last year, not before you took over, but last year, you had talented players. You had a good team, and then you freaking lost two games or whatever and Christian McCaffrey got hurt and just said fuck it and and it screwed over the actual bad teams that should have benefited from those low picks you know what your words were though about me doing that you said that it was the right way to build a team is what you said you take you wanted that, to stop it you took that out of context That's I said though uh, I don't remember the whole quote but I think there was more to that I said it was like the right team, and then I said, well, it depends how you look at it or something like that, the right way. Because you did it within the confines of the rules, but the rules needed to change. And we agreed as a league, and it was pretty close to unanimous, if I remember, that people didn't like that. And so I knew you were going to say something like this. So leading up to this conversation, I just took a random group of people in the league. I believe there was five, maybe even six, maybe even half the league. And I asked 100% of them, said they hated what you did last year and didn't think it was right. Now, why do you think that is? Is it because I'm succeeding? No, it takes it takes away from the – the worst teams should be the ones to get the high draft picks. It shouldn't just go to a good team who just says, well, this year sucks. I've, I've started off bad. I'm just going to – like you're benching Christian McCaffrey for guys who are getting one carry a game. He was but, hurt. Uh, okay, you were benching healthy players. You weren't playing – you were – I mean, you know that you were benching healthy players. For Why guys. do I not have the right to do that? Why is that not my choice? Why? And, and I would like to add also, in the years that I've tanked to get a higher pick, I've ended up with the sixth pick, the second pick, and the third pick. You now, only actively tanked. I, I actively tanked to that level once, and it was last year. I think you're giving the tanking a lot more credit than it deserves because I think to successfully tank, you have to be able to draft well. It's not as simple as if you tank, your team's gonna take off. It doesn't work that way. In my first three years, I drafted Jacobs, I drafted AJ Brown, I drafted T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, all top dynasty players. But you always attribute it to because he tanked, he got there. I could have easily messed up those draft picks and been in the same position and then I end up no, Five years I down agree the line, that there's, there's the value of the draft, but I think the bad teams should have a shot to make those draft picks, the high draft picks. So do you not think that they do? Does my tanking mean they can't get a high draft pick as well? If, if you actively tank like that and the lottery didn't knock you down a couple picks and you had the number one pick, yes. The, the lot, we implemented a lottery and it just so happened and when I did the lottery, I invited everyone to watch. And I did it on Ring Central, and one person showed up, and it was Sam. So, like another Pensick, I might add. You can say what you will about that, <laughs> but uh, but the lottery was done fair, and it knocked you down two spots, and or however many it was. But like, but no, the the worst teams should have the best chance at the top pick. That's in a perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world. The worst, the top pick should go to the team that finishes last, just but like it, they always do. It is a perfect world outside of the instance of you last last year. Every other team is putting their actual lineups, was put, playing their actual lineups. Um, and so the worst teams were finishing last, except you. You weren't the worst team. 
I was close though. I wasn't a playoff team. You were a bubble team. No, I was not. Last I was part team. of that third group. No, you weren't. You were in that For second sure. group. Let, let's look. Let's look at your roster last year. Let's do it. All right, hold on. How do I? Uh, so you do agree though that it is the right way to build a team, like you said. Tanking. Stockpile assets. I will. I will say the draft is and draft and trading, but I will not. Uh, tanking is not the right way to build a team. No. Interesting. Um, and all right, last year, let's see. You're and this is just at the end of the season. So you're. Your starting roster, Jared Goff, Trey Lance, Anthony McFarland, Rashad Penny, James Washington, Curtis Samuel, Josh Palmer, Pat Fryermuth, Anthony Miller, Quez Watkins. Mm-hmm. Not a great roster, except Rashad Penny was doing very well at the end of the year last year. But for the most part, that's pretty trash. On your bench, though, of course, there was A.J. Brown, Damian Harris, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, Christian Kirk, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers was pretty good last year. Like those are talented guys. That that's an above average roster for sure. That is not a playoff team or even a bubble team. Of Without McCaffrey, especially. Team. Of course it's a bubble team. You added, I mean, since then, look at your roster this year. Who'd you add? You added Herbert, Kelsey. And Aaron Jones, three guys for the most part. Well, Cousins now, but three guys in your starting roster. Mm-hmm. Three studs, but like those th- only three players, when you're talking, what, 13 guys start, 12 guys, it, it didn't, it's had a big impact that puts you to the top, the number one scoring team this year. I think Billy's number one, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you could, you were in the top four. You could have been in the top four last year for sure. It's a different Josh Jacobs, too. You can act like it's the same guy, but it isn't. These guys, I've had guys that have ascended this year to where I could be in a position. Christian Kirk is another example. He's top 14 right now. I don't even think he was a top 25 guy last year. Christian Kirk, let's look at his stats from last year. He had 77 catches for 982 yards, 130 fantasy points. Was the 28-ranked receiver. So not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. But An- another point I'd like to add from things that you guys have said on podcasts was that it takes away from the competitiveness, which I think is also a bad point because no matter who's taking it, who's not, there will be teams at the bottom, there will be teams in the middle, and there will be teams at the top. It does not really make a difference except for that one person. It takes it's, it's takes away from the spirit of the competitiveness, from the the fun of it. <laughs> Who are we to dictate what is fun to another owner? (laughs) Me finishing four and eight and then being stuck with a bad draft pick is not fun. My version of fun is building a team that's going to win. And that's how you do it. In my opinion, I think tanking is the way to do it. If you do it right. If you do it, but you didn't do it right. You just, you were so blatant and obvious and just, tried to game the system and literally start. I mean, listen to the starting roster again. You were starting Anthony McFarland. You started, you know how many points he had on the entire season? 1.4 points in the entire fucking season. You James, should never start him. You said that I did it right. And Billy did it right. Those were your words. You're taking that out of context. I'm going to go back and listen to the podcast. And hear the whole, you can. The whole thing. I can tell you what it was. You talked about how I started off strong because I beat you week one. I think that's where a lot of this comes from was that week one defeat. But I had won the game in week one. 
Then uh, I think it was week three, McCaffrey got hurt. And so from then on, I ended up tanking. And you said that was the right thing to do. And now look how it's worked out for me. You were it's... right. I'm trying to give you credit. <laughs> I got to go back and listen to it because I, I am pretty confident that you're just taking taking a quote out of an, a bigger quote. I promise you I'm not. I, it also, another thing you guys mentioned is that it incentivizes trades, which in my opinion would just create more parity between the top and bottom teams because if a bottom team wants to actually tank because of ideal lineup points, they must then give any asset that they have to a competitive team that's trying to win in order to get that draft pick. Oh, you want to talk ideal lineup points? You, you wanna... I think they kind of go hand in hand. Okay, well then... Ideal. Okay. Well, first on the trades, I think in a perfect world, the bad teams who are not competitive this year would trade the, like Ben did the Tom Brady's of the world to teams for for either draft picks or young players. You know, I traded away, I traded Andrew, Jerry, Judy, you know, he still got the upside. I traded for Cooper cup. I traded away young players and a couple of stuff, you know, so I've sacrificed some depth this year to try and keep up in this arms race with you and Billy, because I have to. But that's how trades should be. The bad teams should be trading to get younger and forward-thinking. The good teams should be trading for the guys like DeAndre Hopkins. Like That's why Andrew's shopping. So two trades that you just gave are going to end up on your trade list for the worst trades of the year, I would imagine. So no. that's my – yeah, the Brady trade was bad. And in my opinion, the cup trade was bad. And I think the, a lot the of the Brady in the trade, chat thought that it, as we well. already talked about that one. That, yes, it, it was already on my list. But the cup trade, no. You don't think majority of the league thought that was a bad trade? I mean, Sam and I discussed it, and, and he overall thought it was pretty fair in our podcast. He, he did it. He didn't at first, but then as you guys talked about it, he started to ease up. I think majority of the league would put those two examples you just gave of the perfect world are bad teams giving top teams their best players for scraps because they have to in order to get a good pick and try to rebuild or else they'll be stuck in the middle forever. In a perfect world, the bad teams should like, okay, you wanted a different example. Jonathan Griffey inherited the worst team in the league when he came in. What did he do? The first thing he did was trade away Tom Brady because Tom Brady was old. No one thought he'd still be playing now. This was five fucking years ago. We thought Tom Brady was old then. But that, that was a smart thing to do. And the assets he got, he got Stephon Diggs out of it. He got um, a pick that I think turned into DK Metcalf and whatnot. So that trade ultimately was a loss for Andrew. But that's the types of trades we need. The bad teams should, in, in my mind, in a perfect world, the bad teams, the smart thing to do is if you have old assets, you trade them to be forward thinking. And the good teams, to stay good this year, you trade your future assets, your picks, you know, like uh, like Billy trading his first for Stafford. You trade your picks and your future assets to win now. I think we disagree because of the desperation that it builds for those worst teams to have to pull off a move like that. It creates a situation where they have no choice. Do you think Ben's team would have been better off over the next couple of years if he had not done that cup trade and in turn benched cup in an attempt to get a higher draft pick for next year or done the deal with you? Kevin's team? Or sorry, I mean, Kevin's team. Yeah, yeah, Kevin's team. No, I over uh, what what time frame are we talking about? Do you think it benefit him more to have the option to be able to bench him, Cup, for example? And he had Debo too before, right? You no, Ben had Debo, Kevin had Cup. I'm tripping. My point is you should be able to bench the players 
to get a higher pick without having to feel like you need to trade them before their time gets up because you're not going to win that year. I think your uh you you need to be realistic each team, each owner about what your time frame realistically is to win and build around that. And Kevin's time frame um he wasn't winning this year and he he'll be better next year even after our trade. Um part of it because he's drafted so well and his players are only getting better. And, you know, Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, and whatnot, James Williams come back, stuff like that. But Kevin getting an extra draft pick and getting younger, I think, yes, that ultimately that trade will help him over the next couple of years. And it's helping me this year. More than having Cooper cup, having Zach Wilson, where we're moving away from needing that many quarterbacks. I don't know. I just, I, I think we disagree on that. I, I think you should be able to decide what you want to do. Well, then not feel forced. So your suggestion, because the ideal lineup points, clearly you're going to vote against and Correct. people, some people feel heated. And I've talked to a couple people about this. I know Teddy's going to vote against it. Um, ben doesn't like it, but no one's been able to give a suggestion that, that they like yours is clearly just pure free market capitalism, you know, libertarian anarchism, whatever you want to call it, of no rules, do whatever the fuck you want. I bought the car. I should be able to drive it whenever I want. I'm I'm going – I'm telling you, Tyler, that that's not going to pass in the offseason. Like, I, I, I polled people. People do not like what you did. So, like, I, out, of, out of the people I asked about it, everyone it feels more closely aligned to what I've been saying than what you've been saying. So my counter would be, do you think that they would prefer the way it was before ideal lineup points or with ideal lineup points? Because now that that I'm up for discussion. Uh, I I personally like ideal lineup points. I think it is the I mean, I'm open to obviously for other suggestions, but I genuinely feel at least that I can come up with the best solution to prevent blatant benching stars like you did tanking but also give the worst teams the best picks. It's the best I can come up with. Someone's got a better solution. Let's, let's hear it. I'm all ears, but I think the league, I think the league wants something that prevents what you did, but also gives the best teams, the best picks or the worst teams. I'm curious why anyone would take an issue with what I did when ultimately it just gives them a higher chance to win that year. Right. Well, the, the teams that would take the most issue with it would be the bad teams. You're taking away they, their draft pick. Could they not do the same thing? Uh, maybe they have more integrity than you. Do you think Teddy it's Zulu, not, not, the, the man I with mean, the most integrity, do you think Teddy Zulu would ever do that? Yeah, if, if it helped him win. If Teddy he, would right? never. <laughs> Teddy Zulu would never. Teddy, I want you to respond in the group me and tell Tyler and me, would you ever bench fucking C.D. Lamb and Christian McCaffrey and T. Higgins, when they're healthy, A.J. Brown, for Anthony McFarland's 1.4 points on the entire year. Teddy, would you I ever do that? I thought he gave me a better shot to win. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we've been going for a good a good little while, so um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this I, ideal lineup point trade – or ideal lineup and tanking point. So, But I will let you make your final case – um, to the league to try and convince them to implement your, you know, anarchism. So go ahead, say what you I'll want to say. I'll keep it brief. I'll just briefly recap. 
a couple things. James said that me and Billy did it the right way. The reason he does not want you guys tanking is because he does not want you to compete with him for championships. He wants to continue to run away with the league. We cannot let that happen. We must take the power back from James. It's that simple. So, so your argument is to unite everyone against me. You just want you, you just because I disagree with it. You say everyone needs to side with you because I disagree with you. That- well, no, you you don't disagree with me though. You said it was the right way to do it, so you kind of agree with me. We're just talking in circles at this point, so no, I agree, and I, I actually that was actually really fun. I, I enjoyed doing that. Of, that of a, course, a honestly, dude, these podcasts in general have all been fun. That's good stuff. I like that. Yeah, and the plan, just going off script a little bit here, is uh, one a week, you know, with a different person, and I'm already gonna reveal who next week's podcast co-host is i'm gonna be talking with myself it's gonna be me and ben uh, beautiful yeah so I, I have to figure out what kind of accent i want to give ben yeah um, yeah but uh no it's gonna be ben on next week um so one a week but i think also throughout we'll pepper in an extra one like do a mid-season one do a play- playoff preview maybe do one in the off season around the draft or something just and they don't all don't have to be one-on-ones. We'll get a couple people. I mean, maybe we'll do them live. We'll have some beers or whatever, you know, whatever. We'll just see what happens. But, uh, but yeah. And if, and, and if any of them uh, get too crazy or anything inappropriate said, it doesn't have to be posted to Spotify. Someone posted that concern and said that they uh, felt like they couldn't be themselves because they don't want one of their coworkers to find it on Spotify. So be yourself. And if it's, if you, you can approve or deny it being uploaded to Spotify, if you don't want it to, and you're on there, just say, no, we won't put it on Spotify. We'll just put it something private just for just the league. But that's a great call on that. Yeah. That that's perfect. But the podcasts are fun. Yeah. That I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Especially it's, I like that. It's you made me enjoy it. I, I want to talk to someone who disagrees. Uh, instead yeah. of a and league nice full to of yes because I totally have that, a league full of yes men. So, <laughs> Yeah, your brothers. I just heard them the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They won't They won't respond to me. I'm trying to trade with them. They're my fucking brothers. You think they would uh, text me back? <laughs> Assholes. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so predictions for this week. Uh, you want to run through the scoreboard or the, um, the matchups and give your predictions? Sure. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, so we could just go straight down the line then. Uh, David versus myself, it seems like. Well, in, end with do our game of the week last, which, of course, is what the people want to see, Kenny versus Teddy. That's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, David versus me. It seems like David's missing a lot of guys. A lot of guys are injured. I think he's playing Mike White at quarterback. I'm heavily favored. I, I think that should be a fairly straightforward matchup, hopefully. Yep, I, I mean, I, I agree. Agreed. I, I didn't think – yeah, I don't even think that one's going to be close. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I guess the second one is one I think is just as a big a game as the game of the week, but you versus Griffey. Uh, projections are pretty close. I actually think you're projected to win by what is it? 28 points. and a half. <laughs> I think, <coughs> honestly, is, is Dalton going to be the starter this week? Again? Well, he has Jameis too. Um, so oh, it's, he'll, he'll start whoever the starter. And the projections, it's because, I mean, he's got a couple buys, a couple injuries. Cordell Patterson could play this week. He's at back at practice. Jamar Chase, though, got hurt. Zeke is hurt. Um, 
Deontay Johnson's on by. Well, and Zeke's on by. But, I mean, so he has to start Mac Hollins against me. Recently yeah. acquired Adam Thielen. I mean, his roster's not bad even with this, but, like, I, he needs a lot I'm, of help. I'm playing him at a good time, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd pick James if I'm picking out of the two, but I'm rooting for Griffey. But if you look Griffey's at mine, look at all the cues on mine. Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, all questionable. And Keenan Allen. We talked about Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, dude, fuck that guy. And, <laughs> oh, look at his projection, zero now. So that 27.6 that I'm projected to win by is including zero from Keenan Allen. That's part yeah. of the reason I have six good running backs and I have what I thought was six good receivers, but my receivers, man, I've started Zacchaeus from the Falcons three times this year because they they're constantly hurt. So Bateman's Are you still have hurt. To play him again this week. If I might Keenan have to Bateman still hurt Keenan. I mean, I keep cutting him and picking him back up this time. Just holding on to him. Michael Thomas is out. Bateman's out and Keenan Allen's out. So Welcome to the roster. Uh, Lemonade Zacchaeus. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I still like your odds. So, 4.9 yeah, points I, projected. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, next matchup was Andrew versus Sam. Andrew is projected under 90 points. I think, again, I wouldn't say it's another great matchup to talk about. I think Sam should be the pretty heavy favorite here and probably should walk away with a win. Yeah. I. Uh, I would think so too. And if Sam had started a head coach instead of Jonathan last week, then this, <laughs> this win, you know, that he would be his playoff uh, percentage would be pretty high. Yeah. He'd be what at seven win or six wins. He'd be one behind us, but one instead, behind us. yeah, he'd be five because you, me, Billy and Jonathan are all six. Okay. <laughs> I never use the head coaches either. Now that I saw that happen, I'm going to make sure I take extra note too. I use, use the them coaches. in the playoffs. I always use them in the playoffs. And then I'll use them if I'm like playing Billy or playing someone who it's a, a big one. I'll try to. Yep. But other than that, it, the extra roster spots good to have. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, next matchup is equally as bad. Billy versus Ben. It should be a bloodbath. If we're being honest, Billy should run away with this one. Yeah, that's not going to be close. No need to talk on that even more. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, Kevin versus Keenan. That's a good matchup. Yeah. Yeah. What do you uh, think? Only projected by 12. Um, I would say, if, if, honestly, you and me, it would benefit us if Kevin wins. Um, because sure. Keenan, if Keenan loses this one, then we all have – right now have the tiebreaker over him. I mean, Keenan's scoring a lot of points with the tiebreaker's points scored. Mm-hmm. And if he's two games back, like then that all, all the top four, the playoff teams will be pretty close to lock. But, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Keenan's going to win. Um, I mean, I Keenan's got a really good team. And Dak being out, it's a big, big uh, miss for him. Is, is Tannehill going to play this week? What have you seen about that? Um, he's practicing I- again, right? As far as I know, um, but I mean, you got to think Keenan's also missing Nick Chubb, which is a pretty big hit to him. I mean, he's starting sure. Naheem Hines, who you can't imagine he's going to get a ton of week his uh, work, his first. I mean, just got traded yesterday. Yep. Um, so I, I probably wouldn't start someone, you know, who's on a new team for three days before the game. Yeah, we need Tannehill to play, though, because it doesn't look like he has another quarterback he could put in if Tannehill were to be ruled out. 
I don't know, man. Zach, oh, no, Wilson. Zach Wilson's there. Never mind. Oh, yeah, there you go. The Zach Wilson feels good. Just watch. He's going to start Zach Wilson. He's going to have 30 or 40 and win because of it. And this podcast, I'm going to look so bad talking I'm gonna, about that trade. If that happens, you're going to join the next <laughs> podcast. I'm going to interrupt in the middle of it and say, wait, we have a caller. Tyler's calling in just so you can fucking apologize. That's <laughs> uh, funny. I, yeah. I'll pick Keenan as well, though. Yeah. I feel like three weeks in a row, Sam, Andrew, and, and now you – we're mostly just going chalk. We're not really picking a lot of mm-hmm. upsets, but that's the thing with, with our league having the parody it does. Um, but this one, this is the matchup that we're all, you know, all eyes are on. Kenny versus Teddy. What are the keys to the game? First one to hit a hundred is going to be the winner <laughs> in this matchup. I think that's a near guarantee projections show that as well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the quarterback matchup is just incredible. Fields and Walker versus Mac Jones and maybe Malik Willis if he plays. Um, I like Teddy's running backs a lot more, and I think Wilson's a high upside receiver that could get points with Lockett. And is Andrews back to practicing as well? Do you know that? Because that could affect likely in a big way too. I think so, because I have him subbed in for mine, because I think I – He's he's listed as questionable. I mean, he's let's see. Yeah, he's, he's, he won't be uh, to... he's supposed to be available. He's supposed to play. Okay, because he can't use his new star tight end Pat Fryermuth. Shout out to you, Teddy, this week because <laughs> of bye week. But if Andrews were to play at limited snaps, or maybe likely gets an increased role after what we saw last week, I think that could be a big difference in this game. Yeah, I like Teddy's roster, his lineup. Um, but and and you said running backs. So I, I, let me jump on that. Kenny actually has some legit running backs that can't stay healthy. Um, Javante Williams and J.K. Dobbins, like the talent. Those guys are talented. And then yeah. you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire was Kenny. Every time we talk fantasy, tells me how he regrets picking Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Justin Herbert, and I don't blame him. But yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know. I was high on him. He, he's still got the upside, I guess. Gus Edwards, if J.K. Dobbins is out, Gus Edwards is talented. So, like, Kenny's deep at running back. And D.J. Moore, mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, Drake London, I feel like Kenny's got guys that all of those guys individually at any point could blow up. So, yep. Kenny is someone who's, <clears throat> you know, some weeks he's scoring 75 points, but he's going to have that one week he puts up, like, 160. And it's just going to be, like, the stars aligned, all these guys who – have the talent and could do it, did it. Yeah. Um, so you never Moore know. <clears throat> do what? Rondell Moore, too, with his increased workload now that uh, Hollywood Brown's been out. He's oh, been getting yeah. crazy targets. The thing about Kenny, though, is look at his quarterbacks. Well, actually, look at all both teams' quarterbacks here. Yeah. Who, who is the best quarterback playing in this game? It's got to be Fields. Fields has picked it up the last couple of weeks. He's yeah, top it's got to be Fields, right and now. Fields is horrible. <laughs> Harrison Hoya's finest. I went to high school with him. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a, I think he was a sophomore when I was a senior, maybe. So I got a root for him, even though I think he's awful. And I think that team is awful, but they're letting them run the ball a ton and they're playing Miami, which should be, I mean, a shootout, hopefully, which could lead to a big game for Fields, which I think pushes Teddy over the edge, which is why I pick Teddy to win this game. Yeah. Um, I'm also agreeing with you on picking Teddy. Um, we've, have agreement on all the games. Um, I think though, and the winner of this, 
because we're, we're pretty confident that Billy's going to be Ben. The winner of this yeah. in our standings is going to move from up from either 11 or 12 to 10. I mean, because Ben also has one win. And so, yeah. If, um, if only we had a way to prevent all these lopsided matchups, like I'm sure this is probably tanking's fault. The reason that we're here right now. Can you imagine what the rosters would look like in some of these matchups? If it was a free for all like you, we would not would see matter? stars like Justin Fields playing. No, we would not. Would it matter though? Like if, if Ben <laughs> decided to bench his guys? Well, we'll, we'll let the league different discussion for in. a different time. We'll let the league weigh in on, on <laughs> uh, that. So, Talk in the group, me. Let us know. Um, Let us so know. the last two people did a bold prediction. Do you have one for us? I probably should have came prepared with a bold prediction. I really don't know if I have one. I would say I think the top teams are going to be the top teams next year. I don't think that's going to change, so it's kind of hard to predict past that. Uh, I'll I'll say the four teams that make the playoffs this year will be the same four that make it next year. That'll be my bold prediction. All right. Well, it, I mean, Super even if your bold prediction, if you got nothing about this, uh, maybe say something. You know, Tennessee UGA. Where's your what's your prediction in that one? I hope Tennessee runs them out of the building. I hope that they absolutely stomp UGA because me and Keenan are Gator boys forever and always, and only Georgia would be able to get me to root for Tennessee. So go balls. <laughs> Hope they crush them. All right. Um, well, I'm not going to comment on that one. Then. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a yellow jacket. So like, I'm, we don't even have a seat at the table, really. We're just, you know, we're outside the club yelling to get in. Yeah. Um, but okay. Well then uh, I guess that's it. Any last words? No, thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun. Good to catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll Hopefully. suck it. buoy then you got to suck it. Suck buoy. It, buoy. <laughs> All right, see you, man. See you guys.